Hey Moonies, welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Michelle Wynn Bradley, aka I Am Chubby Bunny. She's a host, voice actor, writer, producer, and professional tabletop RPG player. I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. Hey Michelle. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Is that a weird way to open a podcast with, how are you, m'lady? <laughs> no, I like it. I feel like you're bringing the RPG vibes already. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, first question I like to ask everybody is, what is your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Oof. Um. So I watched it on, I watched Sailor Moon when it originally was broadcasting via, uh, uh, on, I, was, I think it was on Dick, I think, on the DIC mm-hmm. on, um, I like think, 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern Time, uh, Monday through Friday. And I religiously got up early, this is, you know, before I would have to get up for school usually, go run downstairs um, in the dark and, you know, watch the my 25 minutes of Sailor Moon or whatever it was without commercials. Um, and just, I, I put it on like the lowest volume setting. I definitely remember like, you know how the like back in the day, the volume was really big and green bars in the bottom <laughs> Yeah. Oh so it would just be on. The, yeah, it would be on the one bar because <laughs> I don't know why. I just knew I should hide this like that. I would like this thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes, I lived in fear, and then. Uh. So I think I think it came out when Sailor Moon came out in America. I think she, you know, the character was fourteen, and I think I was also fourteen, or maybe I was one year younger. I can't remember the math on that. So I'm very old. Please don't do the, my math at my age but um bad at math i think that's so my far. first memory is yeah definitely like watching it in silence like quietly don't share this copy with anybody this is weird that i like this i don't know why i thought it was weird um but then uh i believe in uh in high school i started talking to another girl who also likes sailor moon and it was like incredible i thought it was the most amazing thing that's one other person like this thing <laughs> that i did <laughs> I love that when people find friends through Sailor Moon, it's like such a cool like little community we have where it's like, wait, are you, are you into Sailor Moon too? It's like under the table. Yeah, I mean, and this is, uh, when did it start airing in America? Was it 94, 96? I, my math is is rough right now. Something around there. So back in those days, before the internet, before Twitter, YouTube, all this stuff existed, um, you didn't know who liked what. You just assumed like whatever it is you were watching you just assumed you were watching it by yourself. Like watching media was such a private experience like back in those days. Um, Because you just, there was no community about talking about nerd things. And um, yeah, so I definitely hit it. And uh, nowadays you can go, you know, throw a rock and you're, you know, you can find someone who likes Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball or, you know, knows what anime is. I literally walk around my block and there's a guy with like anime stickers all over his car. Just like, you know, just lives there. It's (laughs) some stranger I don't know who I know likes anime. Yeah. Um, And I think that's so interesting now. Um, But yeah, back back in the olden times, it was, it felt like you were watching by yourself in a vacuum. (laughs) That's so true. Like, I feel like you would only know if you just happen to see someone with like, a Sailor Moon like sticker or like yeah. something where it's like, do you know? Little tiny keychains. Yeah. Remember those really old, like totally bootleg keychains <laughs> that everyone had? Yeah. Little figures. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. You're really bringing me back between like the uh, <laughs> the volume, like the green yeah. bars. Yeah. That was just like a memory unlock that I forgot I had. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Just all those little things. And it, it's always just like immediate best friends kind of territory. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you were watching either back then or even if you, you know, rewatched since then, have you had any favorite episodes or moments that you like? 
Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, I would say, I don't know. I like, I liked. I mean, I can't say I liked every single episode, right? A lot of so there was some filler that was junk, and <laughs> not all of it holds up. Yeah, when, when scrutinized closely, a lot of the original. And I'm talking about the original '90s stuff. I'm not talking oh. about the reboot. I'm not talking about. I'm not even talking about the redubs. I'm talking about the original, like mm-hmm. <laughs> the OG cast. Um, okay. I think I. I have a lot of strong memories of all of Sailor Moon, but especially the music. And I remember the first time I heard the Sailor Stars opening was not when I watched Sailor Stars, because if you remember, that was not licensed for release in Amer- in, the, in, in North America at all. Nope. That was only released in like Spain, Italy, like other countries got it and like Mexico got it, but like North America never got it until... I don't know that we ever did, actually. I can't I remember until Viz Media. Mm-hmm. They yeah, so it was like a... Mm-hmm. yeah because there was that joke about like the whole cousins thing that was what happened when it was released in i want to say canada or france but anyway um so anyway sorry i'm just skipping around here but the first time i heard the sailor stars opening um was on one of the definitely like an illegal upload somewhere on the dark web that i found and down i was downloading like always downloading like the sailor moon cds and stuff because you couldn't find them anywhere you couldn't buy them legally anywhere in the 90s uh, early aughts and um the first time i heard that i had such a visceral like reaction i was like oh my god this is the most amazing music i've ever heard in my entire fucking life um and i loved it like without even seeing the opening or knowing what it was like talking about back then i didn't speak japanese um and so the first time i did see the opening i just i felt like i had like lost my soul out of my body like it was, <laughs> i just thought it was the coolest thing ever and um every anytime i hear it like I don't, it doesn't happen that often, but if I hear it in passing, that song, I just, like, stop. I'm like, oh, man, my heart. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think feel, that's, okay. yeah. Yeah, that is so true. I feel like so many of the other openings, like, get, are kind of underrated in a bit. Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously, like, the, the first season opening is, like, classic. Uh, especially, fine. like, yeah. yeah. But, like, you're right. Like, the stars opening is so good. I Oof, love, um... It slaps. You can work out to that does. shit. It's good. <laughs> like, I just want to, like, walk down the street and just, um, like, live my best life. <laughs> I feel like you're... This is not even the question. I'm just totally turning around now. But um, mm-hmm. if we're talking about the music really quickly... I love Sailor it. Stars is number one. And and Moon Revenge is fucking number two. Holy shit. Ooh. I memorized all the words of uh, Moon Revenge before I knew Japanese. I mean, I think a lot of us did this when we were younger. We just... Mm-hmm. We don't know... We can't speak the language, but we know all the goddamn words in different language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can say them perfectly. But I remember that in Moon Revenge, I would hook up, I would plug in uh, a boombox into my bathroom uh, and put in my bootleg cassette tape into that <laughs> into that player so I could listen to that song over and over again, like while I was taking a long bath or whatever. I just, it was, I don't know why I have this very specific memory about this, those two songs. I love it. <laughs> anyway, so those yeah. are my two, my two picks, those songs. Oh, I love that so much. Because, yeah, the songs actually don't get brought up that much. And, like, I love, um, oh, yeah. I don't want to say this wrong, but it's, um, never give up. Dun, da, da, da. Oh, it's, um, um, shit, what is that? La, la, la. It starts with la, la, la. Yeah, dumb. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's all I'm Google it now. It's the super ass ending, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, la, la, la. Yep, the super ass ending. Or supers, actually. I just recently learned it's supers, not super S. And that blew my mind. I hate... I, <laughs> uh, I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Um, amazing. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it's called uh, Rashku Ikimashou. Yeah. So, like, like, I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go as myself, I guess, is how it's translated. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know this now. Back then, I just 
thought it was just some letters I stuck together and memorized for no reason. I love that. That's dedication. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, watching, and I'm sure you're going to get to this question eventually, but I feel like we're going to segue quickly into it anyway. Um, watching Sailor Moon and learning about anime and like Japanese culture completely changed the whole trajectory of my life. And I, I say this a lot when asked about like, why do you like anime? And I'm like, well... Um, if I, if it wasn't for anime, I don't even know what I'd be doing right now because, because I liked anime when I was in college, I was like, I guess I'll take Japanese language because I have extra time for more credits and I like school. Sure. I'll start taking it my sophomore year, not even my freshman year, my sophomore year as my, my language credit was finished and I was just like, eh, I'll just, I'll just try it. Why not? Um, I was, I'm very good at studying because I'm Asian, I guess, but, um, and my teachers were like, you should go to Japan. I'm like, eh, it seems like a big commitment. And then I went for a semester and then I was obsessed with all things, not just like anime, but like, you know, music, the culture, um, you know, having when I was there in uh, 2003, I did my study abroad for, you know, uh, it was a, sp- a spring semester. So I saw the cherry blossoms. I got to do like uh, fireworks season there, the whole nine yards. It was amazing. Um, and then I came back to America and I was like, yo, I'm going to learn the shit out of this language. And I, I when I graduated from college, I moved to Japan. I lived there for three years. While I was living there, I met my husband, who was not Japanese. He was just also, like, another um, gaijin living there um, Hilarious. from my home state, weirdly. Uh, we decided to move back to uh, the U.S. together. I moved to L.A., and um, I worked in I worked uh, as an editor for the English version of the Japanese— uh, the English version of the Gothic Alita Bible, which some of you nerds might remember. Um, I, I pitched that project to Tokyo Pop, and then it went through. Uh, I was sitting in a lot of the meetings for that. And I ended up editing for it and, you know, on and on and on. But like basically my my whole life became centered around Japanese pop culture. I started doing event production for specifically Japanese brands. Um, and I still do. And uh, I, I've been on shows that talk about anime. I've done podcasts about anime. I've just, I've really like sort of made my niche. And it really did start from Sailor Moon. It, it changed my goddamn life. <laughs> That's so funny. I think about that too, how like, Sailor Moon was my first, the first anime I watched and how that got me into other anime and how like there's so many people and things that I've done just because from like that going back to like that decision to watch that show or I think of like mm-hmm. even like creating this podcast and people I've met through this podcast and like I also went yeah. to Japan and also like went to South Korea technically because of Sailor Moon because mm-hmm. um, like obviously love Sailor Moon so I ended up watching PGSM um the live action and then because mm-hmm, of that mm-hmm. I told my friend about it right <laughs> it is so good mm-hmm. um and she was like oh well if you like that show you might like you know Korean dramas and then ended up getting into Korean dramas and then end up working with South <laughs> Korea and I'm like really Sailor Moon <laughs> like led me to yeah. get to South Korea and it, it is like, a springboard I don't yeah. think enough people talk about how I think people, you know, really dunk on anime uh, as in, in, all, in all the geek world. The dumbest thing to like is like anime, right? We're all we're like the weebs. We're the like we're the weeaboos who mm-hmm. like can't function society because we're obsessed with Japanese culture. But like, really, I mean, I, I, it's funny to make fun of ourselves too. But if you really think about it, like it's a it's such a huge industry now. And those of us who got into nerd stuff because of you know anime or manga or what have you is like our careers and our lives are built around this now. It's not like, it was not a passing phase, y'all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I feel like my mom just now started to get that, like, Sailor Moon will always be a part of my life. And yeah. that's okay. Um, but yeah, that is that is really cool. I love that Sailor Moon was that, that jumping point for you. But 
I guess that kind of brings me to a next question is who is your favorite Sailor Scout or Senshi? Why would you ask such a difficult question? <laughs> How could I pick my favorite among my children? I only <laughs> ask the hard-hitting questions on this show. <laughs> um, yikes, McGikes. Um, I don't know. I would say those characters I don't like, which is a very unpopular opinion. I do not like Shibuya, which is annoying because mm-hmm. she has the cutest like wands and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Like, truly. Um. Uh. Okay, so I'll start with that. Um, my favorite. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I liked Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune so much because they were so different than the other Senshi and they came out like later. So it was sort of like the hot newness. Um, but I was obsessed with those two when they first when I first started um, reading their their arc and uh, we got interested th- introduced to them. But again, not in the American version, <laughs> not for a long time anyway. And uh, so I remember just being really obsessed with them when I because it was it was sort of like oh shit new characters finally like there's new ones um i love all their stuff it's very good um but i guess if, i feel like i have to pick from the, the original five you don't have to because again i don't i don't like i don't like just two or one i like all of them or you can choose like, um, the inner and outer if you want to do that oh shit okay I don't know if that's mm-hmm. your harder mm-hmm. whatever you want to do the world is of the outers <laughs> of course um haruka for sure of the inners i think i always said i like sailor moon the best because she was like main character and like you know don't we all strive to be the main character in our own story um i kind of liked sailor venus and steez because she was as goofy and sort of matched fangirl energy with usagi but um she does have this sort of big backstory of like having fought on her own for a long time and um like have, having had been on her own for quite a while before she met up with um the rest of the girls and i find that you know she has like a, a tiny tragic backstory oh man and speaking of uh pretty guardian sailor moon in that one mm-hmm. <laughs> she has what me and my friends called glamour cancer because they wanted to make her have a tragic backstory and like make her die sorry spoilers guys if you haven't seen it it's been way too long yeah it's like been 20, um, over 20 years her, uh minako in pgsm is like the toughest shit ever seen in my life. I love her so much and that like, it's so over the top and it makes like her attitude is like so mean for no reason. But they really rewrote her character for um for that show, for the live action. Um, which is not everyone's cup of tea. I would say like a combination of like her and that and um the anime is sort of my fave situation. <laughs> yeah. I still sing the song from that, like the Say La Vie. Say La Vie? Yes. It's like the most clever oh thing God, in the world. So and it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, I have it still in my rotation on my workout playlist. Um, Sailor V. So okay, so once you realize the alliteration, because it's Sailor V yeah. and Say La V in French. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, that that song isn't even the origin of that. That um, what's her face? Uh, that Naoko Takuchi actually wrote. She wrote something like she knew that pun for some reason and like wrote oh. it into something or other and that song was made off that pun. I believe is how that happened. Oh, cool. Um, but it's some it's some good shit. And if y'all haven't heard. The drama CD version of Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. It's so bad. Um, and it's it's so bad, it's good. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I agree. Those are jams. I don't care what anyone mm-hmm. says. I will jam to them forever. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just want to start talking about the wedding episode, but I don't think we have the time. Oh, man. <laughs> well, just... I mean, maybe we can talk about it a little bit later on when we talk about your okay. wedding. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, let's keep on the rails here, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That is... Super cool. Yeah, I um that's so fun. That show is so good. I haven't rewatched it in a long time and I feel like I need to. 
It's a rough rewatch, though, to be real. (laughs) It's been, like, a while, so I'm kind of scared. Yeah. I recently rewatched, well, like maybe like three years ago, I rewatched it for, uh, for a work thing. We had to talk about it. We, we did, I did an episode of it for, um, gosh, I can't remember. I've done a couple of anime shows and they all kind of, they all are melding together in my mind. But one of those shows I did a special on just Pretty Garden Sailor Moon. I think it was a Taku movie anatomy, I believe on the popcorn talk network so it's on youtube somewhere and it's just like me and emma fife and you may lee and we just go it's like an hour of us being like oh my god this how did this show get made they had no money like they shot everything in three places it was out of control (laughs) anyway (laughs) they did their best they did their best it's it's fun it's a good scream to watch for sure okay (laughs) that's what i call it a good scream maybe like watching it with friends and stuff kind of like that Yes, good. absolutely do that. All yes. right. I will. It's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do want to talk about you a little bit. You kind of spoke about your journey to becoming like a professional geek, but was there a moment like when you're like, oh, like this is what I want to do? Because it seemed like you were kind of like, oh, this is cool. Like maybe I should do this. And like, oh, maybe I should move to Japan. Like, oh, maybe I should do this. <laughs> like, when was the moment? I think a lot of my, yeah, yeah truly a lot of my life was like yeah. that. Um, I think you know again I grew up without there being social media so sort of no knowledge of I grew up in rural Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh so there's like not a lot going out there at all even you know even without social media it was pretty much a lawless land of um you know not no diversity um the people you meet are are pretty you know everyone you're pretty cut off from the rest of the world it's it's not like living in a big city um or having access to Twitter (laughs) but uh so growing up I didn't have any any gauge any sort of way to know that there were jobs in media like that media existed wasn't a thing that every person ran around thinking about or no one like you're the average person couldn't edit a video they couldn't take a they they didn't we didn't have digital photos when i like we didn't we couldn't you had to have cameras and film and money you know to do anything media related um so you know i went to college um i was a super nerd and i love school i i triple majored in uh advertising uh, English literature and Japanese language, uh, with a minor in geoscience. Don't ask about that one. Um, okay. <laughs> I just like rocks for like. I went through a phase. The rocks were real cool. It's cool. I, I and that phase uh, too. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then uh, sort of like after I went to Japan, um, that was my junior year, senior year of what should have been my senior year of college. Um, I took an extra year at school because I ended up picking up a third major. Um, I just realized, like you know. I'm still young. I should just kind of study whatever I want to study, try whatever I want to try, like do whatever I like because I don't know, life's short. Um, and I've got a lot of time. So I, I kind of had the idea in my head. So um, when I came back from Japan, I was like, man, I should, I need to get an internship because if I don't, I'll die because that's what college tells you. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could work for a company that publishes, because I work in literature, so publications, um, that publishes Japanese language stuff um, for, you know, uh, English language. Um, so a licensing company basically. And I, uh, looked into Tokyo pop because they, at the time they were the only publisher publishing Sailor Moon. It was, uh, back then, back in 2003, everybody, it was just Tokyo pop and, and Viz. Like that's sort of, that's all there was back then. Like all these other little companies didn't exist yet. Like Funimation wasn't a thing. Seven Seas Entertainment didn't exist. Or if they did, they were so small, no one Mm -hmm. heard of them. Um, so I, they were in LA and I lived in Pennsylvania. I went to school at Penn State and I, um, 
just uh, I, pl- I just called and applied for their summer internship program. I got in because they don't pay you, so <laughs> it cost them Sad. nothing <laughs> to have a bunch of idiot interns running around doing yeah. nothing. Um, and I, I learned a lot from being there. Uh, and it, it is sort of why I live in LA now. Sort of, I got that taste of the West Coast. Um, and anyway, I guess sorry. <laughs> the question was, how did I get where I am? Mm. Um, but from that jumping point, I knew that you could really just. You could you could chase your interests and you can work in them. You didn't have to study, you know, psychology and be a psychologist. You could just do what you wanted to at the time. So, with that in mind, um, once I moved to Japan, I graduated from college. I moved to Japan in two thousand five, um, and while I was there, that work was just like whatever. I was I was teaching English, and I'm making air quotes, but you can't see me um, because I was that was my full time job. That's why I had my visa. But I was also like on the side freelance um, editing and writing articles for magazines. I was um, bartending. Um, I was just doing like whatever, whatever the spirit moved me to do. Um, and then when I finally moved to LA for that publishing job, that job went away really quick. It was in 2008. And the publishing industry crashed that year, if anyone remembers. Um, <laughs> it was we had a very bad recession mm-hmm. before that. And then that 2008 was the crash. And um, so everyone lost their jobs. That company basically went under. Uh, they they laid off almost everybody except for like six people. And then they rehired some of us back on as freelancers, which really sucked. Um, and uh, I was like, okay, what do I do now? And again, following sort of my geek instinct, I just kind of did whatever. Um, I I worked a couple of PR jobs that were very uh, terrible. Some of the worst, some of the worst jobs of my life, where I would sit in the parking lot and cry before I went to work. Oh, it was so, so bad. Nice. I worked in customer service at a video game company called Konami. You might have mm-hmm. heard of them. Um, and then, like, I I, start, I started making accessories on the side, like little head bows, little headbands that with bows on them, mm-hmm. and. Uh, my friend happened to own a store and she was working with the Hello Kitty brand to do an event, um, the first ever Hello Kitty uh, uh, sort of party for her anniversary. And I was like, hey, um, her name's Jamie. She owns a store called Japan LA, still exists. Uh, and I was like, hey, Jamie, um, I made these bows that kind of look like Hello Kitty's bow. Do you think you could like show them to the, like in your meetings? Because I think it'd be cool if like the, maybe the workers in the cafe uh, wore them because they're planning on doing a Hello Kitty cafe. And she's like, okay, whatever, and like took a box. And I guess like one thing led to another and the president of the company got a hold of them and was like, oh my God, we need these. And they just started ordering these huge quantities from me. So I quit my job, I started doing that. And then that's when I became full-time freelance and really was like, okay, I can just make my own job. I don't need to wait for anyone else's permission to like do what I want. Um, And from there I've worked in, um, I've I've jumped from that to working in media on camera, doing hosting for shows about anime, um, about geek culture, about, you know, doing movie reviews, that kind of thing. and uh, from that hosting world, um, I just sort of got in touch with a lot of people who played tabletop games. So I would say maybe six, no, like seven years ago or so, I started playing D&D. My friend introduced, was like, hey, let's get together and play. You guys interested? And everyone was like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, a lot of us, our first time playing. Um, so since I started playing with that group, I was like, this is so fun. Um, I wonder, there's like shows that do this. And I was also friends with, um, if you're familiar with Critical Role, um, not all of them, but like the main people from that cat, well, uh, Matt Mercer and Marisha, we were friends um, way back, back before they had any of that stuff. And they were just, you know, trying out voice acting for the first time. And like, we were all friends in the same group. And so when they jumped and started that show, um, all of us from the sidelines, like that friend group was like, oh, that's so cool. It's really random. And like, wow, that's definitely like a one-time thing and no one else is going to do this. Right. Um, and of course, as the industry moved on, there were more 
D&D shows, more tabletop shows, more gaming shows. Um, and I got involved with um, uh, a network called Hyper RPG doing um, hosting and doing tabletop games with them. Um, I had a show called uh, Cured and Boredom. That was like a three hour board game show every week. Uh, and then from there, I just started getting invited on to do uh, tabletop shows. Uh, my first long running campaign was called Rat Queens based on the comic. Yeah. Um, by Image Comics, and uh, that was really comics. fun. And then I have since, yeah. <laughs> and then I have since been on, um, oh, I don't know, something like 40 to 50 shows, I think, since that's, you know, that was a while ago, but it's, I, and I'm starting a new show next week. It's sort of like, uh, it's really fun. I've played every system that I, that I know of, um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's been great. And I think I'm still doing that stuff. I'm still hosting and, um, I'm also producing now as well. I do production on some shows for Twitch gaming, um, which is, uh, really difficult and really rewarding. Um, a show called The Weekly where people kind of come on every week and talk about the gaming news of that week, their favorite games. We do interviews with developers. Um, but yeah, I feel like I do sort of just follow, sort of what I feel like doing in the moment and that has led me to where I am now a very complicated career that you can't just say in one sentence (laughs) I love that I love that too because I feel like now more than ever like I love what you said where you can literally make up what your job's gonna be like you don't need to like put yourself or like say like I want to do like this specific thing it's like oh I can actually do like all the things and come up with something that like fits all of those things or just have a long list of here are the wide variety of things I do on a yearly basis and they make me happy yeah, I think finding your niche is so important um, in the working world because I, it's true that, you know, if you ever see that meme, like, you know, do do what you love and you'll work, never work a day in your life. And then someone edits, edits it and says, like, do what you love um, and you'll work all the time, nonstop with no boundaries yes. for the rest of your life. It's there's such a fine line. And I think deciding what things are going to be your real hobby hobbies that you're not going to make money of that you're not going to record and put on TikTok that are just for you for your mental health um and then what things are sort of like i can do this and i can enjoy it but i am gonna promote myself while doing it it's it's a choice you have to make it and it, it can't be 100 percent of the things you do for fun though because it really uh i think i've i've in my life i have gone too far to one side on that and it has it's very detrimental to your to your mental health and you cannot you will burn out yeah that is so absolutely true too just like keeping that balance and making sure that you know you're doing things that you love but also like working around the clock it's easy to work around the clock when you're like i want to get this done and yeah i don't know yeah yeah and i'm glad there's more and when i started Mm -hmm. freelancing you know a thousand years ago i I think there was no conversation about uh mental health it was you know uh, so much of what america is built on is um you're be a you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be a self-made person it's like uh listen (laughs) if i work constantly i will die um because there's you no one can keep Mm -hmm. that pace up and just by being busy doesn't make you a better person. Yeah, you know? definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I am quick to take a nap. Like I <laughs> love a good nap, yeah. so I'm <laughs> all for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you make me like happy too, because like tabletop gaming is something I've always wanted to get into, and I've always like missed opportunities in the times where I could have done it. And but you make me feel like it's not too late that you got into it like a little bit later, because I just assume everyone's playing it their whole I life did. for some reason. Wow. <laughs> I think people, I think social media makes us think that anytime someone becomes an expert or, or says anything right. confidently on social media, you're like, well, they must know a lot about it. And maybe they do, but you know, how long does it take someone to learn how to do something? You know, maybe think about it. Like we're not, I'm not curing cancer. I'm playing a game. It has a rule book. It's not like, just write it. It's not like, 
right, sure, there's a skill to acting and and creating, you know, a narrative. Yes, that takes time. And but you know, learning how to play a game, you playing the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're definitely encouraging more to me more to like really get in to that. Yeah, and it's fun. Like just play. Like whatever. There's no there's no like right or wrong way to do it. You just you do. Someone says, "What do you do?" And you go, "I don't know." Open a door. Uh, you uh, get hurt. You. Oh fuck. Okay, next time I'll check that door. Yeah. Actually, you just do that I can <laughs> over do and over again. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I promised you we would talk about the wedding a bit because um, I think, oh, yeah. I can't remember, at least for a few years, I remember, you know, I have been planning a Sailor Moon themed wedding since before I was like ever got engaged oh. or like had, had someone oh. I was dating. Like, <laughs> I was like, this uh-huh. is happening. Um, and at some point I like started coming across your pictures. So I've been like a fan for a while. And yeah, just like how, A, how did that come together? And I've read a little bit of your blog post, but like for people listening and um, yeah, like how, how did that go? And what, yeah, just the whole story. Uh, (laughs) So weddings are traditionally traditional and have all these stupid rules around them and um, are so largely in America sort of uh, dictated by your family's traditions and blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm a professional event planner by trade, and um, I was sort of in my heyday back then, too. I was, like, throwing every fucking party in L.A., <laughs> and I was like, if I'm going to spend a whole bunch of money on a party for us, I'm just going to do what I want. And I um, I, uh, I would say that uh, the idea sort of got a, I got a seed planted for it because when I had my engagement party a year before, uh, we got engaged in October, we had an engagement party in December, Um I was like, oh, what's, this should have a theme. And then I was like, ooh, what's a cheap way to decorate this place? And I was like, oh, paper crafts. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know what else is made of paper? Fucking manga. So I got like a bunch of um, old manga, um, rest in peace, uh, <laughs> my friends, like old copies of X from Clamp. Um, and I it just made a shoujo manga themed engagement party. And then from the, that seed of like an idea, I kind of workshopped, oh, it'd be really nice if it'd be Sailor Moon related because I love Sailor Moon and um, I feel like there's a way to do it that's not just like we're cosplay and you know we're tiara and um, if there's anything wrong with that I just I want it to be like upscale classy and uh, I get a question a lot from people which is really annoying that like I can't believe your husband no. let you do that which is so messed up it's like whoa um so when you get when hey kids when you get married uh, make sure you pick someone who has like interest or who if not if, if they don't have similar interests to you respects or your interests like, yeah um in my case say respect. yeah it's, respect it's like your body autonomy sorry yeah, just like, like, yes, yes, yes exactly no please jump in at any time <laughs> um no it, when you're in a couple there should you should be talking about your interests you should not be hiding parts of yourself to, for their benefit this makes no sense to me um and you know I, when I met my husband, we met in Japan. Like we're kind of both nerds, you know. So um, we uh, we talked a lot about the wedding, how we would do it, and he is like, "Oh, I like uh, whatever theme you pick. I would like it if it is still like you know upscale and classy, and I mean, and like kind of trusts me to do it that way." And of course, he know he like has watched Sailor Moon. He's not he's uh, he, he he is part of the weeb world as well. He's watched just as much, J- if not more, Japanese dramas <laughs> and anime than I Love have, it. but um. So what I kind of was still twisting around my head. Okay, something, something, Sailor Moon, maybe something Final Fantasy, maybe something. I had all these, like, I had a whole bunch of geek ideas in my back pocket. And I was like, let's look at venues. And then that'll help us solidify an idea. Because I'm not going to do, 
you know, the, the, the venue is so important. So we looked at a thousand venues. Um, they were all bazillion dollars. It was very disheartening. This is Los Angeles. And then we found a place called the Oviet Penthouse, uh, which is downtown Los Angeles, still exists. You can still rent it for weddings. I see lots of beautiful weddings there all the time. It is historical property um, on the top floor of this building that used to be a large department store owned by someone named, I think it was Henry Oviet, Oviat. And on the bottom of that building is this place called Cicada um, Nightclub, uh, which uh, is unrelated, but it's like an Art deco place with like cool doors. You get nice pictures out there. And then you take this elevator, you go to the top floor. It's It was um, Oviat's private residence. Um, and it's now like a historical landmark, so they can't change anything in it. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's all art. It's, it's a little... Art Nouveau Art Deco was sort of like half and half. Um, and we walked through this space and they just had a really great deal on us. Like, they were like if you get what if you get married between the months of December and and was it I think March, then they will waive um they waive some like cute like fourteen thousand oh, wow. dollar fee because it's the off season and because the venue is mostly outdoors and like in LA that's the scenes that's the time when it might rain. And I was like, I will take that fucking chance. because uh, I saved so much money. So um yeah, so we picked that place, and because it was Art Deco-y, and I was like, oh my god, what goes better with Art Deco than moons and stars? Um, and so I started to sort of have an idea in my head about, okay, it's Sailor Moon, but we're just using the icon- like the iconography from Sailor Moon, um, and not like the faces, you know? So I worked with my friend, uh, Yume uh, Gersh, uh, and she helped me put together a graphics package for like the invitations, um, and it, that's how, that sort of became my mood board. Um, anything stars, moons, Art Deco- um, it kind of made the color palette, which, be- which became uh, gold with grays and blues, and um, sort of that idea of like um, g- glamorous, but um, all the notes were stars and moons, and that was pretty easy because like if you're just talking about shapes, then you don't have to put like you know uh, you don't print out pictures of like Usagi and put them on the right. wall. <laughs> um, we themed our drinks to be um, manga-ish. Um, we bought like glitter gold stars to like put in the champagne flutes. We did. Um, we did all the Sailor Senshi symbols um, for the table numbers instead of numbers. Um, we did, for runners, instead of it being, like, flowers, I cut a ton of, like, stars and moons um, and did paper craft um, for that. Um, and uh, for my, uh, I kind of was, like, taking the inspiration from the, um, sorry, what's it called? What's that Moon Kingdom called? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. the Moon Kingdom. Um, and... Yeah, how yeah. it's all like sort of silvery and um, it's it's sort of like an Art Nouveau situation. So I did, made all my bridesmaids wear uh, gray. They were traditional like bridesmaids gowns we found on like some cheap website online. But then we made them these like iridescent silver capes to go over because like capes were having a moment back in <laughs> what year is this? 2014. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, they are absolutely. Um, so everyone had a cute flowy cape. And then like the only like very comic book cosplay looking thing that existed at my wedding was that um i had a an oversized version of the cutie moon rod um which i got the inspiration because sailor moon the, the anime reboot was was it the reboot yeah just had just started airing i believe and that was like one of the images from the uh interstitial of her was usagi mm-hmm. carrying this huge uh cutie moon rod and i was like holy shit i wanted those um so my friends uh the late uh great imahara uh, help me make that. Um, he was just so excited to make it. Um, I actually went to him to, for just sort of like consultation, like how would I make this? And he was like, uh, no, I'm going to make this for you. It's too complicated for you to do it. And I'm like, no, 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 please. Oh my God, please don't do this. <laughs> you don't have the time. And, you know, he did it. And that was my wedding present from him, uh, which I still have, of course. 
Um, and then my uh, bridesmaids all carried uh, like sort of oversized versions of the Sailor Stars version of their um, their Senshi uh, wands, which I thought was really nice. Uh, we made them out of uh, Christmas ornaments. It was awesome. <laughs> we DIY that whole thing. And it kind of made me mad maybe like five years later when you could just buy all the stuff that we made for the wedding. <laughs> like you can Google Sailor Moon Wedding now and there's like a whole package you can buy in Japan where they just give you like every table's theme to a senshi and the colors are all coordinated. I'm like, damn, that must, that's nice. It's all done. <laughs> but um, yeah, and the only cosplay at my wedding was just uh, the, um, um, da 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 the wands and then the uh, flower girls. I had my mother made, uh, I had two flower girls, um, my nieces, they wore uh, what looked like uh, uh, Sailor Moon's princess gown, but like in a cute little kid version, which is adorable. And then um, the ring bearer just, he kind of, he wore a black suit and then he just sort of wore the, I, he did, I, I didn't want to make him uncomfortable. And I was like, if you want to wear this little white tuxedo mask mask and he's like not really i'm like okay could you put it in your pocket for me please so that people can see it's in your pocket and he's like okay and that's what we did and that was it (laughs) uh so that's the long version but yes that was my wedding and it was really fun to do um the comments i got on it were so nice um i saw a memory pop up recently where I put a photo of us where it was used in a Chinese newspaper wow. like about our wedding. And like we did not get permission to, for anyone to use it. We're just like, oh, okay, we're just in some Chinese newspaper. <laughs> uh, we got coverage from uh, Japanese wedding outlets. And of course, like at the, you know, the brunt of like the um Yeah, geek, everywhere. You know? That's so, so that's cool really though. Nice. It's so funny. It's like random Chinese outlet. They're like the news of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still pretty yeah. cool yeah i don't know was oh man yeah well thank you for giving me that i love that i'm like completely in awe especially that you did everything yourself like said you could all buy it now but yours was a labor of love <laughs> yeah we had we, i had a whole year and i really as an event planner i remember um i can i gotta fi- find a photo of this mm-hmm. i had these huge excel sheets printed and taped to the door of my office for a whole year of all the things that i need to do in a year and it was fucking wild i would oh. say the worst part of doing all that was making my own wedding dress do not do this ladies <laughs> it is even if you can do it which i did do it it is so stressful because every part every step of the way you're like is this ugly oh god right. do i hate this oh no <laughs> it's too late yeah i can imagine just and like it was fine of course i just got real nitpicking over every it. little detail like this thread is a little crooked let me redo it and it's like you wouldn't have even noticed it if yeah. you ma- didn't make this dress yeah 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 so i i can see that for sure um yeah, and yeah what yeah, exactly. i guess quickly if you want to give me like your your small hot take about the pgsm wedding <laughs> what oh yeah first of all incredible the dress was horrifying the storyline made no sense the girl who played sailor mars at that time uh her name is escaping me right now um she had just been booked to uh film fast and furious <laughs> tokyo drift so she so sailor mars like had an accident really early <laughs> in the special because she couldn't film like she basically filmed all her scenes like off like by herself it's earlier on uh-huh. you could tell and then she only showed up at the very end of the way <laughs> um it's great it's it's a it's a ride if you can't watch anything any other pretty guardian sailor moon except for that last wedding episode, which was released as a special way after the series aired. Um, I absolutely oh recommend God. it. It's wild as hell. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's my hot take. It's it's just great. And they really had no money to film all that. And the song is stupid as hell. Also, I think isn't that the one where Isagi sings that like, they're like riding on a motorcycle and she's singing that weird song about like, 
going on the rain over the rainbow. Is that from that episode? That sounds vaguely familiar. It it's been so long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Keiko Kitagawa. Yeah, Keiko. Yo, you know what else is being really great about PGSM? Um, almost I think all of them are still friends. If you go find like go stalk them and find their Instagrams, oh, I, I did this like years ago. They uh it's what's someone's someone's birthday, they all get together and they take a photo together and it's like, Oh my god, you guys are great. Um and a lot of them oh. have moved on to do like other things. Um I think Keiko has done the most like movie work. Um and then some of them kind of like, just became models or or you know, graduated from acting at some point. But um I think Keiko definitely has been in more movies and uh uh foreign films than other ones. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. That makes me so happy. It's like you guys are still friends <laughs> in real life and, yeah. Yeah, and stuff. You really make me want to rewatch it because I don't right that at all for some reason. I I don't know. I like. I feel like I'm gonna rewatch it like it's new almost. And I like. I remember like yeah. certain things like Zai coming back and um, like the yeah. She straight up like almost die or does die, does die right? Yeah, in that series and comes back like real mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like the memories of her like brought her back or something. Like I remember that. Yeah, I don't know why he rewrote a whole bunch of Sailor Man. Yeah, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was such a good show. I remember just thinking, like, I remember going in thinking, like, this is gonna be so horrible and corny and bad. And I'm guessing it probably is, but it was just better than what I expected at the time. And I yeah, I think with no expectations, it's incredible. Um, and please don't forget that there for for Luna and Artemis, they could not. Get it. They could not get an animated fucking puppet oh, for this thing. Instead, they had a plush they threw around. They threw around a plush. So it was just a plush. It was not a puppet. <laughs> just an actual oh, plush. It's like very obvious that like someone is just like bopping it around for some reason. Yeah, no, it's its eyes, they don't blink. It does not have a mouth through which it talks. It just moves its head left and right because there's some poor PA down there probably holding it under the camera. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they should have just kept loot them human as the little kids or something <laughs> instead of that. I don't know. They do show up as little kids and they're annoying as well. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, and you really make me want to rewatch it. It's only like 25 episodes. I feel like I can knock that out. Yeah, you can do it. You've got the time. I'm do it. Maybe we'll do like a live watch for the podcast. It'd be fun. Yes, you should. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. All right, I'll do that. I have like the DVDs. I got some like bootlegs years ago <laughs> when it, that's actually how I watched it. Like the early 2000s. I like, or yeah, I think, I got myself off the dark web, but I don't mm-hmm. think you can. I don't think anyone's licensed it. Like no. I don't think you can buy it. So no, you. Everyone, buy please buy licensed stuff. But if you can't find it, then what are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, <laughs> that's. Uh, I mean, if it ever comes out licensed, I would buy it again. So yes, absolutely. I fully support. Put that in 4K, please. Yes, <laughs> I need it all. I need to see the puppets, like little fibers. <laughs> oh God, I wonder who even owns that. You know, because that wasn't even like, I don't know who owns that the rights for that show. It's it's, it's a mystery. That's a good point. I don't know either, actually. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and another note. <laughs> mm-hmm. What senshi do you think would make the best dungeon master? Um. Okay, who's here for the drama? Is it not Sailor Pluto? Sailor <laughs> Pluto is Sailor like Pluto. the... Go- yeah, she. I feel like she is the... Um, the elder goth geek of the group um, has seen the most shit in her life because she's, you know, technically she's been alive for like by herself by for like thousands of years, right? Yeah. Isn't that her role? She's, um, <laughs> so I feel like she's got some stories to tell. She's been thinking real hard about. She she's good at entertaining herself, so she's got probably has a really great imagination. <laughs> that's a good. That's a really good answer because I didn't think about that. Right. For some reason I was 
with great suffering comes great creativity, yeah. I think is how that's made. <laughs> Sounds right to me. <laughs> sure, that's mm-hmm, what Spider mm-hmm. Uncle Ben said. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's did you, say, did you call him Spider Uncle Ben? I, I was gonna say that. Spider-Man, and I was like, wait, no, it's Uncle Ben who said it. It's in Spider-Man. I like Spider Uncle Ben because it's clear which Uncle Ben you yes, mean. Like that. That's so true. Actually, I'm not wondering if there's like a, a multiverse version where Uncle Ben becomes Spider-Man. That has to have happened. I need that in my life. We'll we'll get Google. I'm sure it exists. Sure, it's like a Spider-Man rule. If it exists, there's a Spider-Man of it. (laughs) (laughs) um, um, What else would you say you stand outside of Sailor Moon? And it could be literally anything. Oh, um, like what am I into right now? Right now, in general, for me, it's like Beyonce and. Face oh, masks. okay. Uh, like real yeah. stuff. Real stuff. <laughs> or it could be um, other anime. I'm, I'm not gonna. Th- I, I'm like a fish. I have a very short memory about feelings, <laughs> strong feelings. What I'm really into right now are uh, one, the show that I'm in on Tuesdays. <laughs> this is sort of a plug. Um, it's Outbreak Undead. Um, it's our second season. It's basically a zombie survival tabletop Ooh. RPG, and I've never been part of a serious horror genre um, tabletop show before. And I've been part of this cast for about a year now. And my God, like just our last Tuesday episode, I there was a jump scare in there and I got so scared I like fell off a chair. Like, no. <laughs> um, it, I, so I'm not a horror fan in general because things that are scary tend to stick in my brain and I think about it too much and it like messes up my mental health. Same. But like being in this scary, like being in this story um, is a way for me to enjoy horror to like it's like fun to be scared in a way that i've never experienced before so that's the first thing that i would say um my second thing which is another thing i've only experienced just this week um is uh singles inferno on netflix yes oh my god (laughs) (laughs) can we talk about this Um, okay so i i'm a huge huge fan of asian reality shows um i was a big terrace house fan that did not go well towards the end there um I have watched uh, a whole bunch of Heart Signal, which is Heart Signal is on Rakuten for free. It's uh, I believe it's licensed by them, so you can just watch that on Rakuten's website. Uh, Heart Signal is a Korean uh, dating show similar to Singles Inferno, but they're all living in a house and they're also allowed to go back to their jobs every day. Every day, um, and it's very stupid, and almost no one gets together. Like at the end, it's sort of like, well, I guess that didn't work. It's just a stupid show. It's so it's like an hour and a half long. The commentary is so long. Okay, Singles Inferno. I feel like they condensed it down. This is Netflix, and uh, the panelists talk for way less, which I enjoy. I love the panelists. I think mm-hmm. they're great. Um, but they do talk for way less, and uh, the rules are stupid and arbitrary. Um, and that ending, my God. What about plot twist? <laughs> It's a plot twist. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's a really manageable amount of media to get through. Because each episode is only like a half an hour, right? Or is it an it hour? It might be an hour, but there's only eight, I think. It goes fast. Yeah. yeah it's not like, you know, regular Korean dramas are like, there are 25 episodes. They are an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, Good luck. I like <laughs> have fell off on that for that reason. Because I'm like, I don't have 25 plus hours much. to spend a show yeah. in a one weekend anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so I would say this this genre of show is so interesting because, um, you know, I'm American. I grew up in America. Uh, even though I'm Asian, I don't have any uh, really visceral knowledge of, like, what Asian dating is like. 
um, because it is culturally it is so different. Like it's it seems to us like a lot more pure. There's no kissing in that show at all. There is zero there's kissing. There's one cheek kiss, um, and it was there, like the most intense moment. Oh yes. <laughs> Yes, there was one cheek kiss and the hand holding is like this huge mm-hmm. fucking moment. So I think like that buildup of like the simple things is really nice. Um, I did just start watching the other new uh, dating show, uh, Future Diary on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, which is about, uh, it's a one couple that they they like cast and they put them together and they have to follow what a diary says. It's supposed to be from their future self. It's not, it's just the producers give them like a little script. It's like, okay, at the start of this day, you saw a beautiful sunrise. And by the end of the day, you see him running away, smiling, and they're like, what the fuck? And then they just have to kind of get there um, through, of course, you know, the the producers, like, send, giving them tickets to this boat ride and then being like, oh, we need someone to help us do this, you know, activity. So they sort of lead these, this real, this real, these real two people who are acting like themselves through activities so they'll fall in love. And it's such, it, the premise makes no goddamn sense, right? But I've been watching it and I'm like, oh, they're falling in love. Like they know it's scripted or they know it's like produced, but like they are really falling in love and it's like they really want to see each other. Because um, when sometimes when they fail a task, they are not able to see each other anymore for like a couple weeks or something and it like really upsets them. So I don't know, but it's just, it's like so fascinating. I, and I can't, sometimes I don't know why I like it. <laughs> I just, I'm just watching it uh, for hours at a time. I'm shocked. I love that. I'm like writing all of these down because. I like after yes. Singles Inferno, I'm like, I need more. And I ended up watching Love is Blind just because I was like, I don't typically watch dating shows, but like Singles Inferno is like started mm. this obsession with me. And so I was like, I'm going to watch Love is Blind. It's different. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's not like an American dating show. There's none of this, like, I feel like The Bachelor and all stuff, it's really predicated on yeah. how sneaky can you be to win the time Super with a person? Awesome. Whereas this is sort of like, you know, if they like me, they like me. And, you know, there's a little bit of like, oh, well, let me try to get them by themselves and talk with them. But it's not, there's none of this like, out, like all the girls are like best friends. They all like hold hands and like, like hug each other. Like, it's really sweet. Yeah, it's like soothing. And it, mm-hmm. yeah, something about it just feels a little less toxic than like The Bachelor. That for some yeah. reason I can never get into those shows. I mean, I did watch like Flame of oh, Love back in the day. Same, same. But <laughs> I think, yeah, now for the American reality shows, it just, it feels stressful to watch them. And like the dating, the Korean dating shows still feel a little stressful, but it's a little more like, because there's tension and it's like, oh my God, like, are they going to kiss? Like, oh my God, like what's going on here? Leave that girl alone. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but it is enjoyable. What was the other one? He said a heart something. Heart oh, signal. heart signal. Okay. Heart signal. Um, because they have to send signals at the end of the day. Like, I think it's a note, a note situation, sort of like, uh, singles Inferno where they leave a note for somebody okay. or the key. I can't remember what, what the, there's some sort of gimmick where they, or like a text, I don't know. And they get a message saying like, why this person liked them at the end of the day, but they don't know who it's from. I've got to guess. And it's the same situation where it's like, it starts with three boys and four girls, but then they add more people. Um, but the cast has been a little, and there's a lot more product placement in that, by the way. <laughs> You're like, wow, I re- they really have a lot of the same purse. Or like, why do they keep showing them blow-drying their hair with this Dyson hair dryer every day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's long. Okay, well, you are giving me so much to watch for the next few weeks because <laughs> I've been trying to fill the singles infernal hole in my heart. And this is perfect. So thank you. <laughs> right. Um, you're welcome and also I just wanted to ask you if you can give some advice for anyone who maybe wants to throw a Sailor Moon wedding or become a professional geek oh gosh um for the wedding one I would say whatever it is that you and your um partner are interested in just like kind of go with that feeling um but it's very important decide what style you want your wedding to be first um 
I would say this, a lot of wedding shows that I've watched, it makes me so angry when they're like, um, they're like, what's the theme of your wedding? And they're like, glamorous. I'm like, Bishop is not a theme. <laughs> that is a That's style. <laughs> it makes me so mad. Or they all say princess. I'm like, that's not a fucking theme. Which um, princess? For example, I picked Art Deco, or you could pick Renaissance, or you could pick, um, you know, garden. You know, that's sort of like your style of the thing. Um, a garden party isn't a theme. It's the style of the party. The theme for a garden party would be um, maybe it's ca- Cardcaptor Sakura. Maybe it's um, the garden from one of the Final Fantasy games. Maybe it's uh, like that garden can be a thing from a thing you love. So if you want to have a theme wedding, you definitely need to. Um, yes, the the actual theme, the I would say the property, the licensed property that you pick or the, the, the character or activity, like that's very important. But you must pair it with a style to sort of kind of make it into a, a cohesive idea. Otherwise, you're just like printing out shit and taping it to walls, which is not, you know, that's that's like a birthday party. That's nothing. Um, so that's my main, my main uh, takeaway uh, there. Also, you know, just follow your heart. Don't let people tell you to do. It's your wedding. Um, honor your relatives by, you know, doing the things that are, traditions in your family but know that this is a celebration of you and your and your partner's union so what you guys want um is is also very important and please don't put that on the back burner i think a lot of people yeah and if you if the awards my husband won't let me do this ever come out of your mouth then you've got a problem yeah <laughs> you've got a problem um and then i guess advice for people who want to be professional tabletop player uh i would say like strive to love the game and like you know strive to like understand why you love the game um what parts of it do you like if the parts that you love are being close with your friends and having activity with your friends that gets you guys to know each other better then that's not really you know then you don't have to you don't have to make this into your job you can just keep doing that i think there's a lot of pressure again to make your hobbies into jobs you do not have to do that um if you like being an on-camera personality um if you like improv uh if you like creating a dramatic story for others to enjoy um, and that's something that you think you're good at making or good to, at contributing to, then yes, maybe look into doing it um, on camera professionally. <clears throat> and I use the word professionally, like um, the difference between playing it with your friends and playing it on camera is, not, you know, it's not only, you know, looking nice and maybe wearing costumes and production quality. Um, as a player, it is about um, performing. Uh, you are you are in that character. You are... Um, giving that emotion uh with your voice with your face with your hand gestures um you are you're, you're performing you are acting you're improving. so i would suggest an improv class if that's something you're really serious about um improv has changed my life and i think it's really important to know how to like yes and a bitch like it's, just, <laughs> it's not just doing that it's there's all these tools that you can have like in your belt to sort of um react something in an original unique way that adds to the story that gives other people something to do um, another important thing about being uh, on a show is um, sort of acknowledging your space. And this is like a rule that actors have too, just across the board, not just like tabletop shows. But it's like you're there as a group telling a group story. So it's not me, me, me time. It's like you all are contributing together. So it's sort of it's giving each other that gift of like, um, hey, I feel like you're trying to do something important here. Or this is the time where you could do something but you can't tell them that on camera. So you want to sort of um, give them the space to find things on their own. Um, as a DM, uh, you know, if, if you're the dungeon master or the game master um, and you're giving your players a space, it's it's sort of uh, instigating them to show their, to put their best foot forward. Um, and a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I think when you go from playing with friends to playing on camera, 
a lot of people don't think about that, like giving people space. Um, they think about, I've got to just be like so good because I need to impress people. I can't be bad. Um, and that that thought really gets in your way, I think, in a show. And it becomes really obvious that like, you know, maybe you want to show off something or you're trying to like show how good you are when really you're not giving enough space to everybody else. So I think my most important note here is just give everyone at the table space um, and everything that you say is for something for someone else to play with too. So it's not just about like you doing a thing. Yeah. It's kind of collaborative. That was oh, really answer. good. <laughs> and I feel like X about you being a professional geek, but I feel like that was even a better answer <laughs> question. So that worked out really well. And um, <laughs> yeah, I watched a few of them and I really love that even if like one person was talking, everyone was kind of reacting to what they said. And I think that kind of speaks to what you're saying where yes. it's like, you know, yeah. it's a collaboration and everyone kind of, even if you're not talking, you can still do things to kind of like contribute to the overall experience. And it's great. Yeah, listening listening is the number one thing in, in improv too that they teach you. It's just that um, how can you react on something or how can you add to the story if you don't know what just happens? You know, you have to be listening right. or just waiting your turn. Yeah, that makes that kind of thing. a lot of sense. And then just yeah. like Sailor Moon had the yeah. Sailor Moon says phrase at the end of every episode, what would your <laughs> phrase be? Sailor Michelle says. Um, um, Sailor Michelle says, make space to do the things you love without it being performative. <laughs> and God, I'm so bad at making things one-sided. Hold on, let me, let me redo this. Um, okay, uh, okay, retake. <laughs> um, Sailor Michelle says, do what you love, but make sure you give yourself room in your life and your day to take care of yourself too. Because when you do something you love for work, you give yourself away a lot and you don't keep anything for yourself. So make sure you keep a little bit for yourself too. I yeah, love it. And I needed that. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love that so much. That is perfect. Thank you, Sailor Michelle. Um, and, and then what is next for you and where can people find you? Ooh. Um, so I mentioned already, every Tuesday you can find me on twitch.tv slash hyper rpg on a show called outbreak undead uh united states of the dead which is the like subtitle for the season um that is at 6 p.m pacific time every tuesday um i'm also starting a new show um as of this recording the first episode will be uh this coming monday january ooh, what date is that Boop. january 17th um on twitch.tv slash cnet um, this is for Idol Champions. Um, I can't tell you exactly, I can't really announce, I guess, what it is exactly yet, but it's um, it's D&D, and it's going to be really cool, and we're not playing regular humanoids. <laughs> um, so that's going to be a new show um, every Monday uh, for about, I want to say it's maybe 10 or 12 episodes, I'm not exactly sure. Um, we have a whole season lined up for that. And um, anything else that you want to follow me or look at my stuff uh, will be posted on my Twitter, which is uh, at I am Chubby Bunny. Awesome. Thank you so much. And once again, I'm Victoria L. Johnson, host of the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. You can find me at Miss Old School on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find the podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter, Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And we also have merch at Mooney'sClub.com. And I have some TikToks on the TikTok at Sailor Victoria. And thank you again, Michelle, for coming on the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. Thank you for having me. Bye, Moonies. Bye.